allowing there to be space for all the parts of yourself. So the messy, the ugly, the beautiful, the pretty. I just think, um, you know, if, if we can all work on the bigger picture of ourselves and knowing that we are holistic people and a lot of parts make make ourselves up. Not dismissing the totality of who we are and, and like um, acceptance of all the pieces, even the ugly and even the hard. Welcome to the Break the Chains, Find Your Flame podcast. My name is Steve Wopolinik. I'm a licensed mental health counselor and one of the founders of the Promethean Project. Our guests are people who have broke the chains of their limitations and found the strength of their potential. We offer their stories as inspiration and as guidance to help others navigate their quest to find their flame. Welcome back to the podcast, listeners. Our episode today is episode 72 with our good friend, Zoe Roof. It's such an honor to sit down with Zoe and talk about everything that she's working on and in her journey to get there. It was really exciting because we were able to get really into how to embrace all parts of the self and how this means really looking at those parts that we don't like to look at or shedding some light into those parts of ourselves that we try to avoid or try not to deal with and really embracing those to bring to light how to grow and move forward through life by actually shedding light onto those darker parts of ourselves. We also talk about how this concept of self shifts as we age and it's not a linear path at all. <laughs> this was a great conversation to talk about how life is always changing and how we never know where we're going to end up. But if we trust in ourselves, we will end up in a really generative place. So, uh, oh, and we also talk a lot about Encanto and uh, therapeutic content with Encanto. And so if you're really into that movie, I hope you give it a listen and let us know your feedback on our conversation about it. So without further ado, here's Zoe. In a world where humanity's potential is imprisoned and locked away, our only hope is to break the chains and find our flame. Welcome back, listeners. I'm here with Zoe today to talk a little bit about her passions and her finding her own flame. So Zoe and I went to high school together. So it's been really awesome to catch up over the last couple minutes that we've been talking before we started recording. Uh, I'm really excited to have her here because she's been doing some really awesome work and some really fun stuff too that I think you'll all enjoy. So um, before we get started, Zoe, can you tell the listeners a little bit about you and who you are, what you do and what your passions are? Yeah, of course. Well, I first want to say thank you for having me. This is my first podcast and I'm yeah. super excited to share my flame 
And um, yeah, so my name is Zoe. Um, like you said, we went to high school together in Belchertown, um, where I grew up. And um, then I went on to uh, college in Washington, D.C. Um, so I've kind of, so let's back up for a minute. My, my work and my flame and my passions are around um, working with women in kind of a deep emotional capacity, um, healing, growth, self-reflection, safe space, women's circles are all kind of like buzzwords. Um, I'm also a potter and an artist. And so these threads have been pretty consistent my whole life. So women's work and art of a lot of different capacities. In the moment now, um, I have created a program, Art and Soul, that has combined these two passions of mine um, into uh, a women's circle meets art class. So um, the journey to get there has been um, pretty unconventional. Um, and, you know, right now I am in the infancy of this program, which is kind of under the umbrella of my um, my small business called Life Ceramics, where I also sell my my unique pottery. Um, so, yeah, and also right now I actually just started a new job at a nonprofit called New England Learning Center for Women in Transition, which is a domestic violence agency. Um, so at this moment, I'm kind of juggling. Um, you know, small business development and new job. And I'm a mom to a three-year-old and I have a partner and I have a, um, a house that we own. So I'm um, steeping in roles and responsibilities and um, loving it. That's awesome. I don't like just from that introduction, it doesn't even seem like this is your first podcast because you this is just kind of home run right off the bat and just very nice. well directed and following these lines using buzzwords and everything <laughs> that we talked about was the background for the podcast before we started recording you just threw it all together so really really awesome job at your own introduction i might have to steal some of that not your achievements obviously but how right. you you worded a lot of that. Um, awesome. <laughs> so you started kind of talking about how that path was to get to where yeah. you're at. And then yeah. also like a lot of people that I've talked to on the podcast that we've had on, a, a lot of the common themes are just having so much <laughs> going on because there's yeah. so much excitement about all these other aspects of being a service of creating mm -hmm. and kind of doing these real, you, you know, earth moving kind of situations to help other people. Um, mm -hmm. it's, it's never usually very linear and just like, well, I just do this. It's usually like, <laughs> I do this, but then I do this and this, and these are the rules <laughs> that I have. And I think it's always important mm -hmm. to talk about those. So we had an episode with a yoga teacher who actually trained me to do yoga as a 12 step program It's called, and mm -hmm. that's the name of that one. And I like that because she, she was very open about this concept of, I like to talk about everything I do. And these other things that make me a whole person, a whole individual, yeah. even if they're not mm -hmm. uh, the glamorous versions of those things. So that's, you know, mm -hmm. as you were intro introducing all those roles you have, it, that's what it reminded me of. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So I think it's great. I love that. So before you started down that line, I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about that, that road or that um, yeah. map that kind of got you to where you're at right now. 
Yeah. So um, right out of high school, I went to uh, George Washington University where I minored in women's studies, um, which kind of got me on that track of women's work in a more academic setting. Um, I did dual enrollment when I was in high school. So I was really lucky to enter college with a shit ton of um, uh, credits. And so that gave me status, which was awesome. I I had a great (laughs) dorm room, um, but it allowed me to uh, study abroad twice. So um, the first study abroad, I went to Bolivia and um, part of the program I did was an independent study project. Um, And I created uh, an art therapy program for women in this um, abused women's shelter in Cochabamba. Um, It was amazing. I was 19. I didn't know what the hell I was doing, but I just it was in me somehow. Um, and, um, the women really responded. We went through several different, um, projects like, you know, painting your dreams, painting your nightmares, um, representations of color. And granted this is all in Spanish and also their indigenous language Quechua, which was just really an interesting thing to use art as the common language. Um, and then at the end, um, we had, I had a big, art gallery opening in a, a, gal- a prominent gallery in the city where these women who um, you know, are very underserved, underprivileged, had all of their artwork up on walls and their families could come. And it was a really proud moment. Um, that was also a really proud moment for me kind of conducting that whole thing. Um, so from there, I um, had an internship and ended up working five years in an international um, public health um, organization in D.C. And I geared myself in the end towards the maternal and child health and nutrition programs. So I worked um, towards um, safe practices around birth and um postpartum hemorrhaging. And so there was a lot of international service on that level, um, serving the birth community um, in in, uh, lower developed countries, um, which was awesome and a really great experience for me. I felt like after five years of being on this track of college and organization and just climbing this ladder, um, I needed something a little more heart-centered and something a little more like people focused. I kind of like was really good at doing all this big programmatic stuff, administrative stuff, but I didn't really have the connection to the who and the why. Um, so at that time I was what, 25, um, 26. And I did like a 180 and I packed up my life and I went to California. Um, and there I became a birth doula and a potter and kind of dropped into my more free form life um, without a nine to five or a lot of kind of typical responsibilities. Um, I was pretty big on the marijuana production scene out there as well. Um, So just wearing a lot of more alternative hats that kind of spoke to another part of myself. Um, It was also out in California that I discovered um, this really important work to me called the gift, which is, um, uh, women's men have a, a piece of it too, but my, you know, obviously I'm, I'm involved in the women's part. Um, it's a transformational weekend where women gather and we drop into really sacred space with each other. There's ritual involved. Um, and the idea is we're all kind of quote unquote, dying to something that doesn't serve us anymore and quote unquote, calling in, um, you know, what we most, what our hearts most long for. So it, for me, was an introduction to not only safe, sacred space with women, it was kind of the first time that I felt like 
I could access my deeper voice and my truer self in a space that was not edited, not looked at by men, um, not um, uh, just hindered. It just felt like I could really flow freely from my own well um, and express myself in ways that I never had before. So that was a really like life altering experience. And I got really involved in that organization. I, um, I participated a ton in the weekends. I organized, um, I was on the team several times um, and have gained some really valuable, not only skills and lessons that I'm incorporating into my art and soul program, but you know, lifelong sisters and just the importance of this like sisterhood where right. you are seen and you are heard. And it's, it's really clean kind of interaction. Um, That's, <laughs> I mean, I feel like I want to produce a podcast for you. <laughs> I just step back and just create a whole nother podcast and, and, you know, I'll edit it and produce it for you. And I, I feel like we could run with that. Um, I love your, thank you for the feedback. That's really cool. I appreciate it. No, I think, I think everything you said, you know, obviously not that you need validation from me by any means, but mm-hmm. I think it's, I, I think it's amazing because I do, um, work with a lot of young kids. And I remember myself at that time, obviously we were in the same grade and and kind of Mm -hmm. talking about transitions and really, Mm -hmm. I got into teaching, like being a therapist because I watched growing pains growing up and it's like, Oh, Alan Thicke, he was a therapist. They had a nice (laughs) house. That's what I could do. And I had this huge crisis of faith, like midway through and just was like, I don't like this. What am I doing? And then, you know, through the course of really some exploring that I was really uh, afraid to do and anxious to do, I came back to it and realized, okay, I want to do this, but I want to do this on my own terms. Right. And so when I work with a lot of adolescents, the, the push is like, well, I need to know what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And a lot of times you're 17 or 18, you're not going to know. And even if you think, or even if you're surrounded by friends who, who say they know, and they think you think they got it all together, they're probably not going to do that either. And that's okay. And I love your story because it illustrates that getting that, what did you call it? Status entering college because you did dual enrollment and, and being able to have go experience life in different ways, I think was amazing for, for that growth because it, you saw that corporate side or that programmatic building side, as you said, but then you also uh, indulge in, in figuring out the other parts of yourself. And I think that's totally, amazing. yeah. And I just feel so grateful that I was able to follow that calling. You know, I think that a lot of times people get stuck in on the ladder and even if their heart is longing or calling them somewhere else, there's a lot of fear and there's a lot of pressure right. to don't get off that fucking ladder. Like that ladder is your lifeline and that's the only ladder you can ever climb. So I just, I'm, I feel grateful for, you know, just my own, um, my own makeup and the support in my family. And, you know, I come from a very alternative, um, family in a lot of ways. And so I've had a lot of examples of what, um, alternative lifestyles look like and what starving artists look like and, um, you know, more spiritual paths and less, um, conformative ways of being so, and also travel has done that for me too. So I just, I feel really, um, grateful that at such a young age, I allowed myself to follow, um, something a little bit more alternative, even when people were like, girl, you have a job that people get out of master's programs and die for. And I'm like, yeah, but I can always come back, you know, and my plan was to go to grad school and come back. 
I applied for grad school three times and never went. So, <laughs> right. Well, it, I think you illustrate some really awesome points of, of this idea of we live life so much about this is what we're supposed to do, right? Uh, oh, the, this is the metric. This is the ladder. This is how you move forward. And it takes us away from actually experiencing things because we're so, well, I need to do this. I need to get good grades. Then I'll go to grad school and then I'll go and do this stuff. And I think travel has been for me also one of the, one of the most freeing things to really get outside of my comfort zone, experience, mm -hmm. you know, situations that I would normally be in, but also really connecting to people in, in a different way, seeing different cultures, seeing different people in the aspects of connecting and kind of breaking through that mentality of like, well, this is, this is not how we do things, but like, oh, I can be inquisitive and I can kind of learn from people and connect to people by, you know, seeing us as, as us, as opposed to yeah. and to fake, fake that, boundaries, and, right? <laughs> yeah. And to add to that, a, a way that we can experience ourselves in new ways. So right. we'll, we don't know how we might react to a homeless person on the street in the middle of India, unless we're there, you know, and that will access mm different parts of our heart and different parts of our soul that would never be um, triggered or um, inspired by just sitting in an office or, you know, and to each their own. But, um, you know, for me, you know, all of those experiences have just helped me connect to myself even more um, in new and different ways and, and therefore have more, more confidence and, and more um, just agency to be myself, even though, you know, I'm still a total work in progress as is yeah. everybody. But yeah, I mean, I think, it, it's funny when you think about it, because I use this in therapy all the time, but I it, like to turn it on myself. Is a, it's a good reminder to turn it to my own practice a lot of times, too, is a lot of times I talk to adolescents and I say, you know, who you're going to be in 10 years is going to be different than who you are now, just as who you are now is different than who you are 10 years ago. And mm -hmm. that's OK. In fact, that's life. That's how you kind of move forward and, and kind of be introspective and generative to yourself as long as you're kind of making movements that are generative to you and others in, in that way. And sometimes you forget, and I've been doing a lot of thinking back to like college and high school and, you know, like there, obviously there comes some embarrassment about certain situations in that and you're like, oh, that, yeah, I could, that's not good. Or, you know, I can't believe, I mean, beyond the clothing, because I, I had like Jinko jeans and <laughs> some crazy it was stuff the era it was, it was the, the era, era. <laughs> I had an you know I had a blonde highlighted like long curly hair for senior year I believe and, and then I just shaved it off for wrestling but looking back at that like we often look back and long or have anxiety about it but I think it's really important to do in a generative way but just as we cast ourselves forward as well and kind of look mm -hmm. into those pieces like you were talking about and learn putting ourselves in situations where we can have a beginner's mind and don't feel like well mm -hmm. I need to know every which right. you know it's that ego part that took me a really long time mm -hmm. um to kind of do because I wasn't the most self-confident uh, growing up mm -hmm. and then when that happens it's really funny how strong the ego can be when like you feel confident in something, it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm the shit. Like no one can talk to me about this. And the most humbling experiences have been the most worthwhile situations for me in the long run. Absolutely. Many, many times. I, yeah, I love that you said beginner's mind. I, I try to hold that tight as well. And just another word that comes up for me when you were talking about that is just this idea of common humanity and that we all have super embarrassing moments as teenagers. And we all have 
fears and insecurities and you can be, you know, the president and everyone's going to have um, some ways that they're not loving themselves. And um, I think those things are just so good to remember, especially for me when I um, am feeling like a isolated stay at home mom during the pandemic and I'm not sure where, who my connections are. I'm the only one in the world feeling like, what the fuck am I going to do with my life? You know, this is like be before art and soul and before I got this job of just like, oh my God, like I've lost my entire identity. Um, and just remembering that like there's a common humanity and we all go through this stuff and I'm not just this unique snowflake, you know, we're all working towards hopefully being better and growing and, yeah. um, and reflecting is a huge part of that. I think, you know, what you're talking about is, you know, looking on things that like might have been full of shame and, and then taking the shame out of that as we reflect on it as adults. And yeah, so moving forward and self-reflecting, I think are go hand in hand. Yeah, I mean, it, it takes a lot to do that, right? It, for us to, I know people who are listening, it, it may seem like, well, that's easy to say, Right. And, and we're talking about it very openly and say, yeah, this is the way to do it. But like to actually sit with that and, you know, create this window of tolerance and say, I'm going to I'm going to think about these things. And, you know, it happened or it, it, I felt this way, but I, it, it's temporary and I can sit with this and learn from this mm -hmm. is really uh, probably I keep saying the most important thing I've done, but uh, generatively adding to those moments of being humbled or being, you know, a learner. Mm -hmm is this concept yeah. of saying, I don't need to know everything. And mm -hmm. I can allow myself to make a shit ton of mistakes in life and still yeah. hopefully aim towards a net positive kind of yeah. concept. Of, of yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I think it's like some of the biggest beastliest life work you can do. And it's so hard and it's ongoing just because you've mastered it maybe one time or in one area. And you feel like, Oh, like, you know, oh, I've made progress. Like I've really done the work. Like I thought I did. I thought I like did the work and then I turned, you know, 37, 38, 39. Now I have a baby and I'm a mom and I'm all these things. And I'm like, I don't have, I haven't done any fucking work. Right. It's, it just, <laughs> it keeps <laughs> like, it keeps coming up. And so, um, yeah, I think I lost my train of thought, but no, 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 the, no. the work never ends. <laughs> no, I, I, that's a, that's a big, big part of this because you know, obviously there, there is this concept of, of many different ways you can approach things. And I think as soon as you feel confident that you've achieved this pinnacle, right, mm -hmm. but, oh, I've done everything I need to do. That's a good inflection point to be like, maybe I should sit with that and do some reflecting on that because this is not a place that you can stay and feel really like actually make progress towards something in the world, right? Mm -hmm. That yeah. it's stagnation. Right. Mm -hmm. And so stagnation, mm -hmm. we always talk about when you're stagnant, you know, there's no room for growth. Right. Mm -hmm. And we, we often talk about it in, you know, like uh, work or achievements or, or things of that nature, mm -hmm. productivity, mm -hmm. which surprise, surprise, our culture is all about in the United mm -hmm. States. Mm -hmm. um, but we never stop and think about like, well, stagnation also means with the work, depending on what your version of the work is, it's, it's like, that's, that's also true for that, right? Like to, mm -hmm. to stay inquisitive, to be open-minded, to learn from the, the pro process of it all is really, I feel like I'm getting on a soapbox. I don't mean to be on a soapbox, <laughs> but, but I really do think that, you know, as soon as you feel like you've reached the pinnacle in everything or, mm -hmm. or something specific, mm -hmm. that's a really, and also thing. to remember that like stagnation 
is okay too. And yeah. stagnation is a part of life too. And stagnation can be um, like a indicator that something needs to change or a lesson that, you know, something to pay attention to listen to. Like, you know, that word has been really prominent for me um, in the past, say four or five years. I've, I've definitely felt in, you know, until really recently since I've gotten kind of my own business going and gotten this job and, and just really, really recently started turning my fire again, I was very deep in a place of stagnation um, and almost paralyzation. Um, and, and that shit is real. And like, I don't want people to think that like, because you're not constantly working and constantly processing that you're not like doing the work. I think there's ebbs and flows and times of life where like, you know, you might need to be stagnant for a year or two years because your body's processing, your energy's processing, something's shifting or not shifting. And you just need to be in the place that you're at. I think there's always this dance of like, how much do I push myself into the work and how much do I be and let myself like experience and, and listen and observe. Um, so I think, you know, it's, it's, everyone has a different answer for themselves, but I think for me, I'm, I'm constantly trying to find that, that dance of, um, do I push myself into this or do I just let myself be? And I, I think it's important to remember that, you know, it's okay to be fucked up and stagnant. And that doesn't mean <laughs> that you're, that you're a bad person, that you don't do the work. It doesn't right. mean that you're doomed forever. I think just there's, there's arcs and there's phases and ebbs and flows of, yeah. of life and, and your creativity maybe won't always be stoked, you know? Yeah. I, I love that reframe um, because I, I think that, that kind of got to the point where I was trying to get to, but in a way that actually took a lot of the the verbiage and, and not and shifted it on its head. So it didn't seem like, oh, you can't be stagnant, which I think I was dangerously close to getting to and was not my point. So I love that reframe. Thank you for that. And and I think it's true. So like there's it's so fluid, like there's so much fluidity with, with this stuff, right? Like just life in general and these ebbs and flows like you were talking about. And I love that you were able to kind of shift your approach from, like you said, a lot of people are like, you have this amazing job. Why would you go to California and do pottery and kind of get involved with, you know, weed and yeah. all of this stuff. Um, totally. It sounds amazing that you were able to, to allow yourself to take that, that space. What, um, was there anything that prompted that specific opening of the door to, to kind of explore? I think at the time it was just this um, feeling like I could keep climbing this ladder and I had just got promoted into a, a higher level position within this organization. Um, I had been with them for five years. Um, I think I just got to the point where I, my heart was like, you need something else. Like there was just something else that I needed to develop in myself. Um, I think I could have become a really good, uh, you know, executive director or program manager and I still can but now I have a lot more um you know a lot more painted within my you know my framework that's not just oriented towards what I'm learning in an organization now I have a bigger broader life perspective and life experience um and failures and choices that I made um so I think at that time there wasn't necessarily like a, a prompting other than there was a voice in me that was like 180 go to California my brother lived in California um I kind of we kind of like did a swap he was ready to leave California so I moved into his house took over his cats his car his house his business um so it was like a really 
good, easy transition for me to slip into something where I had community, I had money, I had new experiences. Um, I had this new kind of palette of a free form lifestyle that I could create on my own, which I'd never really done before. I had always been very, um, like a good girl and, you know, did all the sports and all the academics and did all the things, um, status wise, um, go to college, get the job. And, um, I just felt like there was more to me without knowing much more than that. Um, so yeah, then that brought me to California. And then, um, in 2017, my brother, my beloved brother, um, got sick with, uh, cancer and he lives, um, in Massachusetts. And so, um, honestly, I was kind of at a transitional time in California anyway, um, looking to do something different and new. And, um, I ended up moving back and moving in with him and, um, being his main caregiver, helping him out during the two years of chemo and cancer treatment, et cetera. Um, and that really opened my eyes to a lot of like alternative medicine and integrative wellness stuff. And, and it, it, I thought I was going to go into more of the integrative wellness health specialization, maybe in nutrition. And just, I just was seeing how fucked the Western medical system is, um, especially 100%. with <laughs> cancer patients. You know, my brother was told to go eat McDonald's and, you know, that his supplements and his diet don't matter. And it was just like, um, so I, I felt inspired in that way, but also this was sort of the time that I started to like descend into my kind of like dark shadow of the night self of like, yeah. oh my God, like I am not who I thought I was and I don't have my own things and my identity is kind of like crushing in this new scenario. Um, and this was a really new experience for me. I've, I've always been a really like positive, optimistic, go-getting, achieving person. And I, you know, started to drop into more of a depressive shadow self, um, which at this moment I'm super grateful for, because I think there's so much to learn from our shadow selves that yeah. I, there was a part of me that knew that I needed to experience that part of myself. Um, and I didn't know how or when that was going to happen. Um, yeah. So, and then I met a man and I had a baby really fast and then my whole identity got turned on its head again. <laughs> and <laughs> more questions of like, who the fuck am I? And like, what do I want? And, you know, just, I think, um, I, I was starting to not so much identify with what I had done so much like I did in my 20s like oh I'm a traveler and I've done this and I've done this and that was a big part of my identity of um, what I was doing and so uh, now I'm faced with not what am I doing but like what do I believe what are my values what is my purpose what do I want to orient myself towards how do I want to spend my energy what kind of a person am I like outside of these like achievements and um and out external things um so that journey I've been on that journey and it's really really challenging um and yeah and I think from that um just fast forward a little bit you know being in this space of like you know I'm a stay-at-home mom and I don't have I didn't have a job for a while um I don't know what I'm doing I'm still kind of creating pottery here but um I ended up getting a career coach um because I didn't know if I was going to go to nursing school but I don't fucking want to go back to school at all um and am I going to get a cor another corporate job but I've been out of the job scene for over a decade so my you know my resume is like 
you know, there's a huge gap and what's it going to be like grow weed in the middle of that? <laughs> like, not really. <laughs> you could. Um, <laughs> it's a good litmus test to see if the company would be yeah. like, right. right so, totally, totally. Um, so I ended up getting this really wonderful um, career coach who also happened to be, um, you know, she was transitioning into her work, which was empowering women with passions, with their flames to help them create their own businesses. Um, so in this whole process with her, um, we kind of discovered that I was going to like marry my art and my women's work. And um, at that point, it was kind of like this aha moment that like, I'm going to create this program, Art and Soul. And it, like, I never questioned it. It just kind of like poured out of me. Once I decided I wanted to create this program, I somehow I knew exactly what to do, exactly what it was, exactly what I wanted to say, how I wanted to set it up, what the content was going to be, how I wanted to do it. It was like my whole life's work from that whole journey of art and women's work was just like ready to be birthed. And it happened um, kind of in the perfect timing with the perfect person helping me create a structure around it. Um, now, if I could only be a creative in my business and only do the pottery and only teach the classes, I would be in heaven like the business stuff around it is it's rough yeah <laughs> it's so rough and and that's kind of like one of my biggest um you know achilles heels in this whole process but i'm learning and i'm allowing myself a lot of grace in the process um and yeah that you know i've run since it's in its infancy i've run two full programs so it's a it's an eight week um no, seven week online program so we meet once a week for 90 minutes um and i've done two full cycles of that and it's been incredible you know not only for um the feedback and the um experiences i've gotten from the women involved but for myself you know like i'm not gonna lie like a lot of this stuff is for me too like i love this sacred space i love making pottery like I'm so excited in my own journey. Like I learned so much from these women. It's not, I don't feel like I'm in a space that I'm like teaching and like I'm up here and everyone else is down here. Like I love the idea of like, we're all in this circle and we're all living, working together and I'm learning from them just as much as they're learning from me. I'm just guiding right. um, and providing opportunity to connect and connect with themselves and, um, yeah, I could like launch into a lot of different <laughs> branches. I was, right I now. was just, I was going to say the same thing. I wish we had another hour um, <laughs> to kind of branch out. But um, let's give that uh, your coach a shout out because it seems like she yes. was like, really supportive. What's her name? What, what's yeah, so her name is um, Brett Chin, C H I N N, um, uh, at Brett Chin Coaching. Um, she's amazing. She, um, holds space and helps, um, female entrepreneurs grow their business. Um, she has, we, we meet weekly, we support each other. Um, you know, you are like a Bretchen, um, sister for life. So once you've worked with her, you, you know, get her support and there's then, you know, this wider community of kick-ass women doing their thing making money being boss and um, we all learn from each other and um, take tips and and um, you know advice and and we talk about you know all kinds of entrepreneurial themes um, you know as it pertains to being a, a woman in in that um, realm awesome I think that's yeah. great and I 100 percent like agree with you on the creative aspect and 
the business aspect. There's one that you lean towards more depending on who you are. And I feel the same way too, if I could just sit back and kind of do, do the, that piece and be in those moments with those people and learn from those yeah. people. I, I think it's the most generative way to kind of engage with someone instead of saying, yeah. well, this is how I say to do things. It's like, well, yeah. let me, let's sit together and have that space yeah. and kind totally. of together. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So I love that you mentioned the shadow self because mm-hmm. I haven't really said this on here. So just bear with me. How old's your daughter? Three. Have you, have you watched Encanto yet? Oh my God. We know every song by heart. We okay. watch it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> it's so fantastic. But um, I was watching that. And then obviously there's a lot that comes up with like uh, generational trauma and a lot of different aspects of it. But I was thinking to myself a lot when I watched it and I, you know, I cry every time I watch it. <laughs> it doesn't matter if I'm on the fifth time watching it. It's like, yep, yeah. here it comes. Totally. Um, totally. I love the aspect of the family because I feel like it's a really good way to look at the different parts of yourself. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, Mirabelle, um, that's my daughter's name too. So there's like oh. an awesome connection to it um, is like that center self. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the other parts of the family are parts of yourself that you're exploring. Right. It's trying mm-hmm. to, how do you find that harmony? Because each part, there's a need that they represent and embrace and there's an action of why this is happening. And Bruno, I liken to the shadow self a lot yeah. because it's like, here's this seven foot frame rats along his back. We don't talk about Bruno. <laughs> <laughs> right. That we, we avoid and yeah. it seems dark and mysterious. But then yeah. when you, when you kind of dig into it more, it's, it's like, Hey, I'm just trying to take care of my family kind of aspect. Right. And that, that, that he's, that, that he's an important piece of the family puzzle and you can't mm. have a full picture of the family without that piece. Right. Which same for yourself. You can't fully know yourself or be, you know, a holistic person operating from all of your faculties when you're not addressing those, you know, exactly. shadow parts. Yeah. So I love that movie even more because I started playing around in therapy. It's called like uh, internal family systems. It's a whole yeah, family style. Totally. Right? Yeah, and yeah. I think you can use probably a, a lot of work and books and movies in that same avenue. But I felt like this was very special because I had a lot of clients come in and say, oh, who do you identify with? Right. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, the funny thing is, it's like, well, everyone, <laughs> yeah. you know, when you, yeah. when you look at it that way, there's parts of me that can be. Isabella, although mm-hmm. not probably as beautiful, but uh, <laughs> but other parts, uh, you know, like you have to be strong, don't let people down, you know, even mm-hmm. even the um, the perfectionism, mm-hmm. yeah, even even the ones that married into the family have a vital mm-hmm. part to play, right? Like the dad mm-hmm. and that support mm-hmm. and all of this stuff, and so, so I love your breakdown of that. I like I it all just became a little more clear from, from your explanation of that. I love that. Yeah. I could talk about Encanto for another hour too. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. I love that you brought up that the whole family reflection. Um, That's actually one of the, so the way that my art and soul program works just really briefly is um, I have these, uh, what I'm calling emotional themes that we explore that are attached to an art project. So um, we, for two weeks, we, we kind of cover an emotional theme and we make the project then we decorate the project. So we do that three separate times. One of the themes is learning about talking about our, um, our ancestors, our ancestral wounds, our female lineage, um, and how important um, 
the things that the energy and the behaviors and the trauma and the things that are passed down to us that we might not even be aware of. And um, how do we, um, you know, learn more about ourselves and learn more about how do we not only um, embrace those parts of us that we've inherited from our families and our family traumas, how do we heal? How do we not pass that on to future generations? How do we accept ourselves from the, the bigger familial lineage that we come from? Um, so that's been a really awesome and powerful theme to explore with these women. Um, and yeah, that, I'm so glad that you brought that up. Yeah, that's, uh, that's amazing. That's, I, I say this probably once uh, an episode, but I really love all, all of that stuff that you're talking about and the fact that you're creating this space and it's um, very supportive and, and you know, that generative to each person that part participates in it. And I think it's needed um, mm -hmm. in general, but I think very specifically in what you're saying, I think the intention of recapturing that empowerment for females is, is super needed and has mm -hmm. obviously throughout time been just kind of diminished and I think mm -hmm. I love that there are spaces like this that that are being yeah. built and um being embraced yeah yeah it's um for me it's one of the most powerful spaces um creatively and um introspectively and connection wise it's like you know I've never felt more power than sitting in a circle of women who are dropped into themselves, connected to their their true self, their voice, um, whatever that means and however that means for them. Um, it's awesome. I, I just, I feel so grateful to be able to host and hold space in that way and invite women in um, and really make um, you know, really impact women in a way that is not, that's really unique. Like, I think there's really nothing out there that I've come in contact with that is like what I'm doing. Um, and that's, uh, that feels really, um, just good to know that I can provide something that feels really authentic to me. Um, that is also really impactful. Like, you know, I could have it poured out of me and I created this whole program, but I wasn't sure how it was going to land, you know, like, I don't, I don't know how people are going to take this kind of work. Um, it's, it can be a little woo woo -y at times. Yeah. Um, but to really feel the impact and the really true authentic um, shifting of these women's energies and perspectives and um, just what they gained from it and what they had fed back to me um, was just so affirming. And um, I'm, you know, excited to like get back on the horse. I, you know, I had these two courses and then I kind of like dropped off the um promoting marketing business side of things and then I got this new job so I've, I've kind of had the art and soul thing on the back burner a little bit but um you know I'm excited to bring it back and I have a lot of other ideas besides just the um seven week online program I want to do like a a, a one-day pop-up where women can experience what it's like maybe for a three-hour workshop instead of committing to a, a seven-week program um or maybe targeting um pregnant women or new mothers um and kind of bringing in my 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 doula work and my birth work into that um and maybe you know making um art in the kind of the birth art realm so yeah, it's just, it feels like rich and juicy for just, you know, who I am and, and what I can create. And I, I love that I have this, this avenue that I can just like channel myself into. Yeah. Um, and hopefully one day like make some money and, and get the, the like consistency. I'm 
really terrible at being consistent in terms of marketing and getting myself out there. Um, so, you know, that's, I'm working on that aspect. Yeah, that's awesome. And I, I like how you were able to push past that fear of being woo-woo and just like connecting, right? Yeah. To the need yeah. that's there. And it seems like it's obvious, right? Like once once things started, it yeah. fit very perfectly. So that's great. Yeah. 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 Because to me, it's healing. I mean, and we all need healing. And it's a really um healing thing to be able to speak your truth and know yourself. And um, those are ongoing processes in life. Yeah, I think that's great. So moving forward. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Again, we could probably talk. Totally. Totally. For way more. But um, so uh, I do have a couple of questions that I end the podcast with. And I love that we we transitioned from this concept of empowerment to more conversations about power and superhero powers. You'll (laughs) find out in a minute. so a couple of questions. I'm going to add a new one in there just because we went to high school together and I figure it'd be <laughs> interesting. Um, but the first question is, if you could have any superpower, what would it be and why? Yeah. Um, I think I would have the ability to give people unconditional self-love. I think there's so much of who we are and what we do and how we operate in the world is based in how we view ourselves, how we love ourselves. And I think it's a huge problem, especially in our culture and our society. Um, and I think that it would solve a lot of problems if we all had a, un, in, <laughs> unconditional self-love. Awesome. I love that. What would you think your, your real life superpower is? Yeah, I think um, my real life superpower is the ability to um, connect deeply and authentically and vulnerably with women. And um, I have a really um, unique gift to make women feel comfortable and open up and um, express themselves in a, in a vulnerable way. That's awesome. Um, I, I think I've said that that's awesome 80 million times. So <laughs> moving on. So the, the special question that I, I always think about this and I feel like going to Belcherton High School, which is not as glamorous as other high schools and the name throws people off, but um, I feel like I connected with a lot of teachers in, in that space that really helped me shape some kind of concept of who I was or what um, mm-hmm. my potential or passion or flame would be. And I'm wondering mm-hmm. if there's any teacher, I guess it could be in any teacher in general, but because we went to high school, I figured yeah, yeah, <laughs> we yeah. could throw that out that, that helped shape any kind of concept like that for you. You know, I would say I didn't feel super connected in high school. I think mm-hmm. I was like, but the teacher that comes to mind is Miss Vaz. I yeah. feel like she, there was something about her, um, that was really accessible um, that I felt like she was really like open and accepting and non-judgmental. Um, I felt like she could, you could really come to her with anything. She would really get on your level. Um, and that really stands out to me right now as you ask me that. But I think I don't really feel like I came away from any of my Belchertown schooling with a teacher that really impacted me in that like personal one-on-one way that helped me ignite something. Um, yeah. Miss Vaz, oddly enough, I think ninth grade gave me, well, the class, I, uh, we had to do a creation myth story uh-huh. of, of like Greek mythology, which is where totally. I learned about um, Prometheus, uh-huh. right? And so it's so kind cool. of funny you mentioned her because of the 
our nonprofit, the Promethean Project, is directly related to that myth. And I I think Dan Phoenix and I made an action figure movie of (laughs) Titans and Zeus and all of that stuff. So it's just stuck in my head this whole time. That's awesome. That's actually one of the main themes I remember about her class too, is learning about the Greek mythology. That's really funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so again, awesome. Thank you for kind of coming in and, and sitting with me today, holding the space and talking about all this stuff. I really it's, appreciate it's been it. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you could boil down, I know this is like almost impossible to do, but any gems of knowledge or wisdom that you want to leave the listener with, what, what would that be? I think what's coming to mind is around the idea of um, God, it's, I, I hate that like listening to your heart, listening to your intuition, but just like something around um, allowing there to be space for all the parts of yourself. So like the messy, the ugly, the beautiful, the pretty, like you're talking about in Nankanto. Like, I just think, um, you know, if, if we can all work on the bigger picture of ourselves and knowing that we are, um, you know, holistic people and a lot of parts make, make ourselves up. I'm losing it, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I think it translates. We're made from all those parts. Yeah. Yeah, just just like not not dismissing um, the totality of who we are and and like um, acceptance of all the pieces, even the ugly and even the hard. I love that. Well, Zoe, thank you so much for coming in. I appreciate you taking this time and, and sitting with us today and, and talking through this. Oh, this has been so wonderful to reconnect and see you in your adult life and see what awesome things you're doing. And um, I hope that we can keep communicating. And if there's any kind of like collaboration in the future or. Yeah, I'd love um, that. that'd be great. Yeah. I'm in semi-adult life. I don't, I don't feel like, I mean, I have a giant Captain America shield behind me, so it's not quite. <laughs> well, you, lo- you look adult. like a very established <laughs> man in the world. So <laughs> well, thank you. It's, it's been really awesome talking to you, Steve. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. If you or someone you know would like to be on the podcast, please outreach to us at info at the Promethean Project.org. If you want to learn more about the Promethean Project or if you would like to donate to our cause, you can reach us at the Promethean Project.org. If you really do enjoy this podcast, please share with your friends, like our posts on social media and Instagram and on Facebook, and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or any podcast app that you like to listen to. Again, thank you for taking a listen, and remember that the most important step is always the next one.